0: Welcome to journey to the stage where we highlight current projects but always start the beginning of the artist journey this is episode number 13 and my special guest today is singer songwriter and recording artist elia heifetz before elia and i begin our chat if you could follow or subscribe wherever you listen i'd be ever so grateful and if you enjoy our conversation please share on social media so others can hear his music as well As I mentioned, my special guest today is Elia Heifetz. He's a singer, songwriter, and recording artist, and he's also written two musicals, which we will talk about. Elia, welcome to Journey to the Stage.
1: How's it going? Thanks for having me.
0: Special thanks to our mutual friend, Sarah Bennett, for connecting us.
1: Yes, absolutely.
0: Yeah, so you've got a brand new album out called First Generation American. just came out April 1st. Uh, We'll talk about that more a little bit here in just a bit first I want to talk about your your background because along with writing great songs you have a really fascinating story your parents came to the U.S. as political refugees from the Soviet Union but you were born here what what led your parents to come to the United States
1: there are so many reasons among the many sort of obvious ones. The primary one was that my, you know, my parents were being denied jobs or opportunities for being Jewish. And my dad is a musician. His dad is a musician It goes on for generations. And in addition to being classical and jazz musicians, uh, my family has always been, on his side, has always been Jewish folk musicians or klezmers for generations and generations. And stuff like that was essentially illegal. Like my dad was like kind of like, playing American jazz illegally underground, right, and like Jewish music illegally underground, like in the the 70s and 80s when they had my older sister who was born in Latvia in the former Soviet Union, quickly became apparent that if she was going to be afforded the opportunities that they believed she deserved they needed to. We have a not very distant, sort of like third cousin, right distant family uh, in the United States that my mom's grandmother uh, was separated from her siblings in World War One, And her sister, who she was who thought, she thought was, uh, had died for decades and decades, in the 70s, they reconnected and found each other again. And so that sort of planted the seeds of, well, maybe there's a path towards immigration to America. And so I think when, when my parents had my sister, given the circumstances they've been living in, the sort of more and more opportunities being closed off and life getting more difficult. I think it was like, it's sort of now or never. We have pathway and it, it wasn't an easy pathway right like it took sure it took like all kinds of crazy sponsorships and applications and things and when they moved here they weren't allowed to bring anything they literally had i think under 20 total dollars to their name when they came to wow. america right you know careers that didn't transfer like my dad was like the director of musical groups and orchestras or whatever in latvia and, and, and he comes to and, you know job interviews in america and they're like what's latvia right You were the director Mm. of what? The conductor of who? You know, you know. My mom had to take like horrible, super below minimum wage jobs. She was under the table while they were, you know, figuring out the citizenship stuff. And and there was a whole. Obviously, it wasn't easy, but um, it just seemed like it was kind of an hour never type thing.
0: That's so fascinating. My grandparents on my mom's side immigrated from Mexico, Mm. so on that side of the family, I'm a second generation immigrant. My dad's side came from. Scotland to North Carolina, just before the American Revolution. So, we're all generational immigrants to a degree. You know what I mean? It's just a matter of degrees.
1: Our country has existed for like a handful of centuries. Mm-hmm. All of us are only a few generations at most removed from being someone who crossed an ocean to get here or a border to get here.
0: So you were born here, but mm-hmm. that doesn't mean it's always been easy for you. What are what are some of the struggles that you personally have faced? as you, you know try to fit in, as you try to find your identity here in the United States?
1: Before I even talk about that, like I think I I, I had it better than many, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, when it comes to the experience that I had, but I still very much like, you know, I, I have <laughs> these memories of like hearing other parents make fun of my parents and, and wondering why that was happening. Uh, that obviously I think that got better when I, as I grew older.
0: How did music factor in to that early part of your journey?
1: Well, you know, it's sort of like I said, whether it was because it was what I wanted to be, but was being told I wasn't, or some other cosmic thing, right? I have always been drawn to the most stereotypically quote unquote, American sounds and musics, whose lyrics talked about places and cars and activities and things that I've never done, and many of which I've still never done, And whose singers sounded nothing like anyone I knew or anyone in my house, you know, whether that's country and and Americana and folk in the obvious sense, or even like rock and roll or like jazz or hip hop or so many things I was listening to. where I was like, that's really a had to be born here type thing, isn't it? To get that, you know, and
0: the first song we're going to listen to today is the title track from the album by the same name, First Generation American. This really is, it's autobiographical. What made you want to write this song?
1: Well, I mean, it's funny, like speaking of uh, all the various things mentioned in songs that I hadn't done and still hadn't done, that's essentially, this is a laundry list of a lot of those, but um, I I actually still have the notebook where where I started working on this because this was around um, 2019 when there was just a lot going on. So I just started writing out these rhymes of like, I've never done that, and I've never done that, and I've never done this, and I've never done this. Hell, I was born in the USA, like straight up, like <laughs> Bruce Springsteen, I literally was. Actually, I'm first, like literally, that's what the meaning of first generation American is, you know. Right. And then I wrote another verse, and then I wrote another verse, and then I wrote another verse, and then I filled out like five or six pages. Like you're trying to force all of the good bits, like all of the best stories, into one little capsule, and so then that song settled into a bit of like a thesis statement.
0: Let's give it a listen so everybody could hear it, and we'll talk about it here in a second.
2: I am a first generation in the ground In the break till I heard
0: catchy tune i i really really enjoy that from the first time i played that i'm like this is a special song it really is a proclamation this is who i am now i know growing up i was reading a little bit in your bio you your family maybe had some challenges going through some periods of struggle maybe some poverty um, along with your with your own struggles how do you think that has shaped you as a songwriter and artist
2: my parents
1: often refer to The spirit that they've tried really hard to instill in me and that they think I ought to have or do have growing up the way that I did with my family Mm -hmm. is something they call the immigrant mentality, which Mm -hmm. is just like, no one's going to, no one's going to give it to you. You have to go get it. No one's going to finish this for you. You have to finish it. No one's, you know, just more like, what do you expect? Of course that didn't happen for you if you didn't try your absolute hardest, you know, like what did you expect would happen? Mm -hmm. Of course no one's just going to give you this opportunity unless you actively advocate for yourself. Right. So on a professional level in a field like writing music, where it can be really cutthroat, it can also be really hard to know when the time is to be cutthroat and when not to, and all those different things. I feel like I've been really fortunate to have my experiences sort of train me on self-advocacy. You know, seeing an opportunity and seizing it and, and not being ashamed to and just being or asking myself the sort of hard question, do I want this or not? Yes or no? Yes. OK, it's not worrying. Just do it. Go for it, you know. And I don't know that without that kind of upbringing and experiences that and without, without that eventually getting that kind of mentality, I, I don't think I'd be like one tenth of where I'm at right
0: now. And it, it seems that the struggle that your family has gone through, you know, to me, it's no wonder you've kind of felt an affinity with the, with the period of the American Dust Bowl. Mm, um, mm-hmm. That was something that obviously you, you've written about and some of the artists that inspired you, Woody Guthrie being one of them. From that experience that so you wrote, you wrote a musical. Tell us about yeah. the musical you wrote that kind of highlights that period.
1: Yeah, that was, I mean, so that was the first musical I I've, I wrote. And um, that was, it's called Dust Can't Kill Me, which is a, uh, you Woody Guthrie song title. And that sort of came about when I was in college. That's kind of why I write music, that musical, because up until then, I was, you know, I'm the first person in my family to be born in America. And so on my dad's side, I was also the first person to have the choice not to become a musician, should I want, right? If I had been born in the, in the Soviet Union, I'd have gone to like music Conservatory, elementary school by age four, as, as my dad did, and his dad and his dad. Right, so most of my life, I was sort of being encouraged to pick anything but that. And when I went to college, I wanted to be a journalist or a writer. So just not, not even considering music. But I joined a band primarily so that I could play frat parties, so that I could go to frat parties, and because uh, <laughs> I wasn't being invited. And um, <laughs> a friend who was a fantastic playwright who is from the kind of rural area in Ohio. Who was really interested and had some family that had been involved in the Dust Bowl and was really interested in writing a musical. She was a playwright, is now a novelist, playwright, TV writer, and was kind of like, you want to write a musical together? I know you're in a band. And I had never even written a whole song on my own before, but I was like, oh, sure. Yeah, why not? And I loved folk music and, and I'd already connected so much with those narratives and, and Woody's songs and, and those elements of the Dust Bowl, so it was a pretty natural fit. And that... We did it like a kind of an onstage band vibe, like very rough and tumble. You could take this production anywhere. And as it happened, like we got into the Fringe Festival in New York that summer. And we took our cast of like college kids and did it there. And then we were invited to do a professional production at a different festival two years later. I basically was dealing with graduating and working on this production at the same time, like going <laughs> in and out of it. I was like going to school in New Haven, Connecticut, taking trains to New York. There's this whole thing. And. And then that sort of is like spurred me moving to New York and continuing to write musicals, and now that's one of four or five full fledged commercial musicals that I'm working on, and um, that that that's ended up being really special, and, and and it's it's allowed me to explore storytelling in this song form because I actually have to get. Not just like, oh, that's a song that has a story. It's like, no, this really needs to get the story across, you know, or else right. you're not going to know what's happening in this show.
0: That's really exciting. And I know the success, the, the fact that that first musical you wrote caught on, that opened some doors for you to do some songwriting with some others. What can you share with us about that?
1: Yeah, um, it was around that time that I also was then signed to my publisher for like pop songwriting, and so that has been really cool to be able to. I've you know I've gotten the chance to work on some really cool projects with a lot of really cool, much bigger than me songwriters, where I'm just kind of like that one guy in the room. And the, the le- lessons I learned from watching people like that work are really incredible.
0: Now the next song I want to highlight is another very personal song. It's a song about your mom titled "Living Proof," and as someone with a mom who is my number one fan mm-hmm. and would do anything for me that the song really resonated. Let's listen to it and then we'll talk about it.
2: All her clothes were second hand Dinner it came in tuna cans The dollar store generic brand of cheese The daughter in second grade couldn't afford no roller skates, a donut for her birthday cake at least yeah her second tongue was English but her first was patience and everything she did she had to do she was fighting for her corner. I, I'm living proof. Crossed the sea by force of will. Bought her a beat of Bonneville. Missing half its parts, but still it flew. Lord, she drove that junk so far. Don't underrate a load down car. Never know until it starts to move Yeah, her second tongue was English But her first was kindness And everything she did she had to do She was fighting with the wind To put that stone behind us and I I'm living proof some hell for me cause her second tongue was English but her first was feeling and everything she did she had to do she was fighting with the heavens just to crack that ceiling and I I'm living Yeah, I'm living proof.
0: I really like the song. Tell us about the song and the great mom who inspired it.
1: Yeah, well, so this is, you know, across the album, there are several songs that are totally fictionalized, but based on real things that have happened to me or real things that I've observed. This is not one of those songs. This is a hundred percent of the song is true. So every single anecdote, every detail, every lyric actually happened. My sister's first birthday cake in America was a Dunkin' Donut. You know, they did get a beat up Bonneville that was missing a chunk of its floor. And that's the car that I was taking to the hospital in the middle of a snowstorm. There's nothing in this song It, it because the truth is just so, I don't know. It was one of those things where when you're writing about your mom, at least in my experience, like, I just couldn't make anything up. I just, she's my mom. Like, I have to be honest. There's something disingenuous about writing about that relationship in a fictional way because right. of of how of how real and strong and incredible she is. And, you know, I don't mean to discount, my dad was right there with her every every step of the way, but sure. uh, I think it's a different situation being a young mother with like no money to your name and a young daughter in a new country. And speaking of Woody Guthrie and like old folk songs, you know, really old time songs, songs like John Henry, you know, hero songs, American Mm -hmm. myth songs, right? That talk about our folk heroes and and our versions of of like the Greek Hercules, you know what I mean? Like American American myths, American legend, the kind of stuff that that, that we now know. To me, my mom is just as much for the exact same reasons an American folk hero as any of those people. And I wanted to give her... That song so that's that's sort of where this came from
0: what a tribute i i bet your mom must absolutely love it it's, it's yeah, she tribute. says she cries
1: every time she hears it unless like, they'll stop listening <laughs> <laughs> why are you making yourself cry <laughs>
0: <laughs> oh that's very sweet so as we near our time together let's talk about how people can best support you so what's your website
1: yeah my website is elioheifetz.com
0: you mean so, spell it out for us?
1: Oh, yeah. Well, and that's why I try to spell my name out at every show I play, just in case. Um, although I realized at one point that no one's actually going to stand there and, like, remember how I spell my name. So it, it probably comes off very weird. Um, but uh, no, I'm, like, considering not doing that at my next show. But in this case, it's E-L-L-I-A-H-H-E-I-F-E-T-Z.com
0: cool and I'll put a link in the description of the podcast so wherever everybody is listening just go down to the bottom of the description and I'll hyperlink down there for you and one thing I always recommend is while your new album's out April 1st so people can go add that to their library their of their streaming platform Throw a couple of their favorites into a playlist is something I always recommend. Oh, yeah. And then sharing on social media. I think that is such a great way for new artists or up-and-coming artists to get their music heard by other people. So if, if those of you who are listening really enjoy a song,
1: share it. But I'll tell you what, regardless of whether it gets the word out to other people, in this pandemic vacuum, I just don't know if anyone likes it. So if you tag me and you post it, cause I'll know that someone liked it, <laughs> you know, like it's, right. it's so hard these days when, you know, touring is only just coming back and, and we've all been writing in a vacuum for so long. And, you know, just even seeing someone post it and, and tag me and I, and I see that they're listening is, is so heartening.
0: Are you planning on jumping on the road to uh, support the album?
1: Yeah, yeah. Um, I have an album release show uh, April 6th at Mercury Lounge. I can't quite go on the road for a bit because of a few standing theater workshop here, looking mm-hmm. contract due here, deadline for this show here. But the plan is, which is a shame because I would love to, I would love to just pick it off right away, but the plan is to take that show on the road uh, by late summer.
0: Well, people can check your website for any dates that get posted there and strongly encourage people to do so. So, I like to end my podcast with one random question. Amazing. And here is the one. I actually use a website uh, now to come up with these random questions. And is so, it here's your Question generator? Yes. Mm-hmm. There is actually such a thing, which is kind Incredible. of fun. What is one food you absolutely refuse to eat?
1: Ginger. Really? In any shape or form, if it's touching the sushi, I don't want that piece of sushi. You know what I'm saying? That little like weird slice of ginger they give you. When I was a young kid, I ate granola with, uh, I guess, a, a piece of ginger that before they crystallized it had already begun to rot. And I cannot untaste it or like unremember it. It's, I don't know what it is. Like I've gotten all, over almost every food phobia I've ever had. Used to not like horseradish. Don't mind it now. Used to not like mustard. Love it now. Used to not like mushrooms. Love them. You know, everything I've gotten over, I don't even want to look at Ginger. I don't want to the same room as Ginger. <laughs>
0: <laughs> well, it sounds like you might have a little touch of PTSD from that experience. <laughs> yeah, you
2: could say. <laughs> <laughs>
0: Mine's kind of related. Sushi is is not for me. Food is Mm. meant to be cooked, so I will stay away from the sushi.
2: I don't know that I agree with you there, but I hear it. (laughs) (laughs) I know,
0: most people don't, I get that. I'm so glad you joined me today. I, I really appreciate your time and hearing your story.
1: I'm so grateful that that you uh, took the time to chat with me. I'm so honored and excited to be on the podcast, which is so awesome. And this has been so so, so easy talking with you. I'm so glad to have you on. And for everybody listening, thank you for tuning
0: in. If you love discovering good music, and exploring the journey that artists take this is the podcast for you i'm in the process of building social media presence and a youtube channel so stay tuned and please follow or subscribe any kind reviews are always appreciated and we will join you on our next journey to the stage that's a wrap sweet